Happy birthday. I've already lived through this day. Somebody's gonna kill me tonight. Hello and welcome back to Scream 101. I'm Brennan. And I'm currently resting on my side. Yeah, like Burt Reynolds. You do love to adopt the Burt Reynolds pose when you're podcasting. Do I really? Uh Uh-huh. You did it once before. I don't know if I mentioned it, but I did take a picture that maybe I'll share on the Instagram if I can find it. Whatever. And I'm Sergio. (laughs) Hi, Sergio. Um, This, I believe, is the... No, it is. It's the final review episode of the whole year. Of 2017. We're going to edit that song into this podcast. We might not have the rights, but we have every right to. Yeah, I'm not totally sure what the rules are, but I'm pretty sure we can't. Um, Anyway, so we're going to be reviewing our last 2017 film for this month, and that's Happy Death Day. But first, let's do some 10-word reviews of movies we saw in the past week or several weeks because we're catching up on a lot of movies that we watched once we got movie pass so those will be spread out over a couple episodes yeah movie pass it's a great gift to give your loved one this holiday season yeah it's actually really great we've been really um having a good time so do you want to start with your time review all right sure uh star wars episode eight yeah the last jedi um a star wars movie with a new plot it's a trap <laughs> okay um and my review of star wars episode eight the last jedi is Calm down. It's not that good. Porgs all day, though. Oh, that's beautiful. Thank you. All right. Uh, Justice League. Aggressively mediocre. Wow, okay. You only needed two words. You got eight extra words to use later in the podcast. Yeah. (laughs) And my review of Justice League is, Henry Cavill fights shirtless for 15 minutes. Would watch again. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, Last but not least, Coco. A movie so good, it made my ancestors cry. Oh, I guess that's technically true. Your parents are your ancestors, right? But they're still alive. I feel like ancestors refers to people who are dead. Maybe. I don't know. In Mulan, it does. Okay, my review of Coco is fine. This town is big enough for the two of us, and I'm referring to the Book of Life because I'm a hardcore, like, diehard Book of Life fan, but I also really liked this one. It was more than 10 words, it seemed. No, I was uh, uh, equivocating. I w- no, I was adding information to my... Never mind. Okay, Whatever. yeah. That was an additional comment and not part of my 10-word review. Okay, got to specify next time. Like, include a breath in between the two. I don't breathe. I'm a <gasps> vampire. <sighs> breath. All right, cool. So, Brennan, what are we reviewing again this week? We are reviewing Happy Death Day. And what is the synopsis for that? Well, good thing you asked because I have it right here. Tree Gelbman is a... No! B- <laughs> That's her name. We did it on purpose. It clearly says Teresa, doesn't it? No, her name is Tree. Well, say Therese. No, that's that's a fake made-up nickname that you are making up. Okay, first off, you never saw Carol because Rumi Mara's name in that movie is Therese. Okay, because it's like her name is Carol. I'm pretty sure. <laughs> um, Tree Gelbman is a blissfully self-centered collegian who wakes up on her birthday in the bed of a student named Carter. Who wrote this? Did you write this? It's needlessly complicated. <laughs> As sorry, we just did a whole script that he wrote and there were there's a lot of aaron sorkin-esque diatribes that go on forever i'm very smart sounding yes as the morning goes on tree gets the eerie feeling that she's experienced the events of this day before when a masked killer suddenly takes her life in a brutal attack she once again magically wakes up in carter's dorm room unharmed now the frightened young woman must relive the same day over and over until she figures out who murdered her 
Dun dun dun. So we are going to be spoiling this movie. So if you haven't seen it, I highly suggest that you do. Yeah, it was really good. I was really like no disrespect to Brennan and no disrespect to our new best friend. Chris Landon. Chris Landon. Uh, but I was expecting to kind of dislike it. I thought it was kind of silly just based on the previews alone. But sure enough, it's one of those situations where you don't judge a book by its trailer. Yeah, wait, what? I have good taste in horror movies? Apparently, Say occasionally. So, Sir Joe. Apparently, occasionally. Don't, you know, let's not make a habit of this. <laughs> one time you get it right doesn't make you a, a you know, a, who's that smart psychic guy? Nostradamus? Nostradamus. There you go. Okay. Uh, but I enjoyed it. So, yeah. Also, I will point out that I was the one who was excited for Get Out, and you were the one who was excited for Split, so I think I also won there. Split was fun. It was fine. It was fun. Anyway, so we rate all movies on scariness, campiness, effects, and quality. So let's start with scariness. Uh, what do you rate it out of five screams? I gave it two. So did I. Yeah, as a horror movie, this uh, it doesn't really quite make the cut, not to be rude. Yeah, no, no, no. It, it, it's a horror comedy, and it's definitely more on the comedy side of things. Yeah. But I think that's ideal because, like I say all the time on this podcast, slasher movies aren't scary. And by leaning into the comedy, it kind of prevents it from trying too hard to be scary and mm-hmm. thus failing. Yeah. So it doesn't fail. It's just not scary. Uh-huh. And, I mean, I'm coming from a place where I've seen a lot of horror at this point. I may not remember all of it, uh-huh. but there are certain things that are more effective um, and so the fact that something is so campy kind of just almost removes it from the horror field for me. Uh-huh. That uh, makes sense. So that, like, that's what impacts the score. I'm sure if I were the target audience, which, as you heard it from Chris Landon's mouth himself, uh, is like a teenager. Oh, yeah. That, like, it would have freaked me out a lot more. Yeah, and I did um, the first time I saw this because you refused to see it with me. I saw it with my cousin who is, like, 13, and it freaked the hell out of him. Like, yeah, at least... Two of the uh, jump scares did. I think as the movie went on, it definitely it becomes substantially less scary for any viewer, but that's kind of the point. It uh-huh. becomes less of a horror film and more of a like survival action film uh-huh. slash comedy. Um, yeah, but- like just as a like just as an addendum to that, when I first saw Freddy Two, Freddy's Nightmare, whatever the hell, uh, Freddy's Revenge, Fred, the Nightmare on Elm Street Two, Freddy's Revenge. Yes, like I was freaked out. I did not pick up on all the fun homoerotic subtext, okay? Mm, my favorite thing. Yeah, and I was like 13 at the time, and that freaked me out. So that's just, you know, if, it does, if its goal is to scare kids and have them enjoy a horror movie, then it accomplished that in spades. Yeah, it certainly has. But it's it's not, like, scary to adults for no. any who for people who have seen multiple horror movies. Well, this week even, but also... <laughs> just, that's just you, homie. Yeah. That's me. Anyway, what do you rate it out of five on like campiness, but we're also going to include funniness in this rating because it is a horror comedy? I include four. <gasps> I also put four. Ooh, we're on the same wavelength. Yeah. Should we like uh, high five in the mics? There you go. I don't know if they picked it up, but that I'm was sure very did. aggressive. I don't know. I felt like I did it bad. We're at a weird angle. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so what? what's a moment that you thought was really funny in this movie? One of my favorite scenes was the uh, the montage where she is, spoiler alert, she realizes that she dies repeatedly. and so We she, did talk about that already. <laughs> well, whatever. Okay. Um, so she tries to find out who her killer is, and she has like this weird death list, which I'm guessing she has to recreate constantly. Yeah, I was wondering <laughs> that, because the day resets, so she has to write out the first name, cross that off, write out the second name, cross it off. Yeah, 
Um, but she's going to the list and it's a montage. And as she's trying to figure out who kills her, like she sees how people live their lives. Uh, she dies a number of times, all to the tune of Demi Lovato's, uh, complicated, confident, confident. What's wrong with being complicated? Uh oh, <laughs> whatever. C words. Oh yeah, and I wonder whether Split or Get Out paid for that Demi Lovato song on the soundtrack because Blumhouse ain't chilling out for that. <laughs> I don't know. The movie did pretty well at the box office, didn't it? Yeah, it did decent. It hit number one. Um, I don't remember what it ended up at, but it did very well. Anyway, so you liked that montage? Yes, I did. What was your favorite part of the montage? You want me to say the beginning part where she first suspects her stalker ex? Or yeah. Not even ex, because they just went on one date uh, for of killing her, and she discovers that he is actually... Uh, a homosexual yeah he is because she spies on him turns out he's watching porn uh-huh. and then she's like gay porn and she's just in the window like with uh camouflage on she's like oh yeah and then she starts watching too well not really uh-huh That's well not- you see t- uh, i think she was just like she was oh yeah because she thought the porn itself was good no she's saying oh yeah that makes sense because d- she was getting a vibe okay that's the joke. I don't know. I don't know. At least you thought it was funny, even though you don't understand <laughs> the joke. But yeah, no, that was fun. And another part of that montage is that death becomes not something scary to her. It becomes a, a nuisance. She's like, yeah. oh, crap, I died again. Yeah. Like, this is so annoying. But like, I'm Harriet the Spying. So this helps me cross names off my list. Uh-huh. Um, and there's definitely like with the Groundhog Day repetition, like she does have the opportunity to to do those crazy things where with impunity like she's like well this day is a waste so i'm gonna just do something really weird like walk outside naked and see what happens Mm -hmm. because she's kind of unshackled from normal behavior because everyone else will forget about it yeah and she has a lot of like the fact that they can repeat constantly um you know it's not really breaking the fourth wall but uh i feel like it almost does um not I don't think so. I don't know what you're. What okay, you whatever. I just re. Uh, I just uh, had a final where I had to talk about a person who would rewind and break the fourth wall. So I likened the two. So oh, I'm okay. sorry. Yeah, no um, problem. Uh, no, but um, they had a lot of fun with the rewinding thing. Like just when she would wake up, she would be yelling, or she would just yeah. be like, "Oh, oh!" There is a great moment where she's screaming. Uh, basically, the the way that the day is set up is she wakes up in Carter's dorm room. Um, he's under his desk, like plugging something in and then he turns around and he's like, Oh, you're awake. Good morning. But one morning she wakes up screaming and he conks his head on the desk cause uh-huh. she freaks him out so bad. Uh-huh. That wasn't the one I was referring to. That oh. was funny. Okay. It's I really like, like where she one. wakes up and it's another day of like sun or whatever in her life. And she's like, silence. Oh yeah. He's like, Oh, good morning. <laughs> yeah. And she talks like Gandalf. That was really funny. Uh-huh. That was one of the things I was mentioning where it's like, she just is kind of going for it and mm-hmm. being weird cause she can. Um. What? Go ahead. Oh, there's also there's some great fight. There are two great fight sequences. All right, go ahead and name this them. Movie. Oh wait, the killer. Yeah. Okay, go ahead then. Well, one of them is. Wait, um, no, I feel like yours is more of a cherry on top kind of thing. No, I have one. The second one I will hold off on, which right. I think you're talking about. Right. But there's also one in uh this frat boy's room where he's trying to have sex with her and he's like she's going up with him because this is still in her phase where she's the terrible sorority girl that everybody hates yeah and she's doing the bill murray transition to a good person throughout the movie but um 
basically she has a fight with the killer after the killer kills his frat boy and she hits him across the head with the frat paddle which i thought was amusing like there are some good fight sequences in this okay that one was good one of my favorite things that we haven't even talked about yet though, uh-huh. is danielle uh oh the really terrible like rich mean girl who's She's she's the plastic. She's the Regina George of this movie. Yeah, she's the kind of character I long to create and make a movie about because she is so fascinating and so, so mean, so mean and just so funny. Yeah, she's like, I always knew I couldn't trust her. She has a pair of Crocs. <laughs> exactly. That's the kind of writing gold that Chris Lennon has gifted us, and I love it. Yeah. No, it, it there's some super fun stuff in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, can we talk about the ending? Sure. Go ahead. Um, so spoilers, spoilers, spoilers. The killer turns out to be, um, the main character tree tree is her name. Um, turns out to be her roommate. Um, which both Sergio and I predicted, predicted correctly the first time we watched it. Mm-hmm. Partially there's, cause there's a lot of dropped clues where you're like, there's definitely something going on with this roommate that we're not exploring mm-hmm. and we're, we're not supposed to think it's something weird, but obviously it is. I, I do think one of the biggest flaws with this movie is that, um, s- the red herrings aren't incredibly strong. Um, like all the other people she suspects of killing her. It's like, no, they wouldn't do that. Like that doesn't uh-huh. really make sense. Like the roommate's the only one who we don't really get a solid character on. And you're like, I think she's sketchy. Yeah. It's also the person we never like got any, like she wasn't in the montage at all. Yeah. She was never even considered as a suspect. So yeah. Like, so like, ding, ding, ding. It's like, who's left. Yeah. And also, because the movie throws out a very strong red herring in the form of a like serial killer who is currently being rehabilitated at the school hospital, which, sure, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, and the serial killer does kill her one of those times, I think, or at least he attempts to twice. Yeah. Um, so I thought at first that they were presenting the solution to the mystery, which was very frustrating to me because it was like, what, it's this random guy we've never met? It's a deuce ex machina kind of deal. Yeah, the killer ex machina. And I was frustrated by that, but then it turns out that her roommate, who constantly every morning is giving her this cupcake that Tree just throws away because she doesn't eat carbs, like her one perfect day, her one perfect Bill Murray day when she's supposed to start waking up and some other radio station will be playing instead of share in the weather people. But then she wakes up again. She's like, wait, I'm stuck in this loop. And she realizes that that day, that perfect day, was the only day that she ate the cupcake. And the cupcake was poisoned. And her roommate's been trying to kill her the whole time. And it's the craziest, stupidest twist. But it plays out in this huge, elaborate dorm room fight sequence that I love so much. And she shoves the cupcake into her roommate's mouth. And she's like, I ate it. And she pushes her out the window. It's hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's very fun. It's the... I love crazy slasher twists, which is why I'm getting very animated about this. Mm-hmm. But it is very amusing. Yeah, I mean that's a that was one, that was the best scene in the movie when like the fight scene. But then when she shows the cupcake down her throat, oh yeah, like, it, we're gonna eat this. Mm-hmm. It's a great cherry on top to a movie that is genuinely very fun. Uh huh. But then it and just then, gets crazy. Yeah, and then you like the closing line is like Danielle's knocking on the door and like what's going on? Oh yeah, yeah. And what does she say? She ate my cupcake. <laughs> yep. Uh, Victim blaming. Sure. Um, But yeah, no, I thought that was very fun. And I do like, uh, like getting a little more serious for a second. They don't allow her to get that perfect day. Like the day that ends up being the one that sticks around forever Mm -hmm. is one where she doesn't do everything right. Yeah. It's not this manufactured perfect day where she's saying all the right things. 
Like it kind of finds a balance between the mean person she was at the beginning and the nice person she has become where it's like both of these characters can exist within me. I haven't, she hasn't like scrooged herself and become a totally different person. She's on a path to changing, mm-hmm. which is something that's really cool. It is very cool. Anyway, anything else you want to say about funniness before I move on? I think we're all funnied out. Okay. Sorry. <laughs> I talked for a long time. That was Brennan's monologue minute, several minutes. Thank you for listening. Um, do you have an effects score on this? I do have a three, but I can't really, really like think of any effects. No, I, I gave it a one. Okay. Yeah. I was just like, I'm sure the rewinding is an effect. <laughs> if I count that as an effect, no, it did I mean, it perfectly. Like, we're talking gore here is what I'm talking about, especially in the slasher. No, there's, and, and there's no, yeah, there's I still leave it at a three. Um, but no. Yeah. This movie's not a bloody movie because it is rated PG 13. Um, and for that the kids. For, for the kids and that does hobble a lot of slashers. Um, being rated PG-13. But in this case, um, the blood is not the point because basically what what's interesting about the structure here is that the final girl is also every victim and every death is what propels her back into the next the same morning. So instead of showing blood, it uses the kills as a plot device slash transition. Um, and that kind of takes out the need for gore. Mm-hmm. Because they're, these deaths are character moments and not effect set pieces. And I feel the, so the lack of gore is actually justified by the concept, but still there's no gore. <laughs> so that's why it's a one. Uh-huh. Anyway, what's your quality score? Four. That's great. I'm so glad you like this movie. Really yeah, like I mean, I stated at the at the top of the hour that um that I liked it a lot more than I intended to. And I ever thought I possibly could because it was... It's a teen movie. It's a teen movie, and it's silly, and that's what makes teen movies fun. Yeah, absolutely. Like the, open your heart. Yeah. So what'd you give it? I give it four as well. Um, I I think there's a lot of really good stuff about this movie. There's a really... I, I think the romance between Carter and Tree is very sweet and genuine. Um, there is a scene where he reveals that even though she woke up in his dorm, he was just taking care of her because she was super drunk, and he didn't actually have his way with her. Yeah. And it's like kind That's of the kind of movie we need in 2017. Oh yeah, with all that is going on. But it's just it's this really sweet moment where she smiles and she realizes that there's a human being who actually cares about her, even though they shouldn't at that point. Yeah. And it's it's kind of a bitter moment where you realize like how empty her life has been to that point where something like that would make her have that big of an emotional response. Um. But yeah, and. There's a really great sequence. The kill sequence in the tunnel the first time she dies with all these uh, flashing construction lights is a really pretty scene. Um, her one negative. Uh, her that dad, scene bothered me a little bit. Really? Yeah. With the lights? Like, with the lights. The music box. Oh, what about that? Bo- like it was too slasher movie ostentatious? It was just ostentatious. It's like who the hell is going to go through the effort to do this? Yeah, that's a good point. Like, Although well, granted... the killer was crazy yeah but i i am used she wore crocs <laughs> she did the killer wore crocs i would watch that movie um but also i'm used to slasher movies that where the motive in no way justifies the extreme lengths that the killers go to yeah um so that didn't really bother me um again one negative i will say about the movie is that her dad looked like sean spicer which was very strange again to me. wrong trump administration official he looked like mick mulvaney no, he looked like Sean. He at least. Looked Do you know what Mick Mulvaney looks like? No, look him up. Okay, fine. But he at least, I he at least looked like Melissa McCarthy as Sean Spicer. 
Mick Mulvaney. Okay, who is Mick Mulvaney? He's the head of the Office of Management and Budget, I think. The OMB. Oh, him. Yeah, I've totally been following his exploits. Tea Partier from, I think, South Carolina? He looks nothing like Mick Mulvaney. He looks exactly like Mick Mulvaney. Whatever. So, um, yeah, I will say um, the red herrings are kind of poor in the mystery. Although it's still a fun mystery and the reveal is shocking to some people who aren't paying attention. Um, and one other thing I will say is that the film develops this like half subplot about her slowly getting weaker as the days go on and her she has scar tissue from all the previous deaths that are supposed to that like yeah that was abandoned real quick yeah that in no way affects her after the one day it does and she has multiple days after that so that was a subplot that should not have been introduced because it's not explored at all yeah um but other than that really fun movie like it was really exciting and i liked it a lot i'm glad that you did too yep um to all those children who listen on this podcast on their way to the Sadie Hawkins, go watch this movie. Take your loved one to go see it. Absolutely. You're, 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 Sadie, you're Sadie or you're Hawkins. You're Bay. You're Guppy. I think we've done a fair job of presenting ourselves as old, out-of-touch men. Yep. We're super lit, uh, and we won't quit. Well, this is the time of our month that we can rank the four movies we watched during this month. So what's your ranking? I want to hear bottom to top. Four to one. All right, number four. That privilege goes to Jigsaw. Okay. Number three, The Beguiled. Fair. Two, Annabelle. Okay. Which means number one is Happy Death Day. That's actually a little surprising to me. I figured Annabelle would be your number one because you did push for that one to be in the included this month. I did, and if we're rating strictly on horror, it would be number one. Oh, for one. sure. Um, but if we're rating on, I guess, like creativity and something I wouldn't mind seeing again, I've seen Annabelle or some iteration of Annabelle a half a dozen times. Uh-huh. Uh, Happy Death Day is the first time I've seen something like this. Okay, cool. I mean, granted, I saw that Bill Murray movie, Groundhog Day. Yes. Which is very, very similar. Um, and Edge of Tomorrow. I forgot about that. That movie's great. I forgot about that. Um, so yeah, so it's not wholly original, but it's fun and it's made for this generation, which gives, earns it the number one spot. Great. And my rankings are, I think, uh, number four for me was The Beguiled. Number three was Jigsaw, just because I had fun with Jigsaw and I was not expecting to. Uh, Two was Annabelle Creation, then Happy Death Day. So that was pretty simple. And again, because this is the last episode of the month, I have a little game prepared for the both of us to play. Oh, you do? I do. Um, let me, let me get out my super, my super important and high tech, uh, game, game pad right here. Um, which is just an envelope. How'd you get that? <laughs> which is just an envelope that did I wrote you make that? on. I did. Um, okay. So I'm going to give you the synopses of 10 movies that either came out in 2017 or a movie I made up. So I'm going to give you like a one sentence log line and you're going to have to tell me whether it's real or fake. And this, these are all movies that came out in 2017. You ready? Okay. Cause I also chose this cause it's December and it's the end of the month or end of the year. So all right, ready. Wind down. Log me okay. up baby. Number one, a gun control activist car breaks down in a small lakeside town and she must do battle with the creature living in the woods. Is real? that real or fake? Real? It is fake. I made that one up. Oh, it sounded like it could be real. I know it does, doesn't it? Number two, two mermaids get a job at a nightclub in Poland. 
real? That is real. That's the lure. Yeah, you wanted to see that. I did want to see that, but I never did. I'm sorry. Um, that's okay. It was kind of hard to find, and I don't know if it still is because I haven't looked in a minute. Um, but anyway, number three. A family is attacked by a deformed man who was the result of the mom's attempted abortion decades ago. I feel like that could be made in America today. Yeah. That's a real movie. It's called Red Christmas, and I've heard it's real bad. Okay. <laughs> so you have two points. Uh, number four. A man goes on an online date that becomes a disaster when the woman turns out to be a cannibal. Fake. That is fake. Oh, you're winning. Um, number five. A pregnant woman's fetus commands her to commit a series of murders. True. That is real. It's called Prevenge. What is with our obsession with abortion? I mean, this one, that was just pregnancy. I don't know if the baby, how the baby ends up. Oh, okay. Sorry. You said fetus. So when I hear fetus, I automatically think of abortion. No, it's, it's within me? her. What does that say about me, though? That was that my first thought. political. I guess so. Anyway, number six, a young married couple is haunted by a series of paranormal happenings that seem to center around a tree in their backyard. True. That is fake. I made it up. Oh. I got you. I'm glad I'm tricking you with the fake ones because I was worried that I would just write terrible log lines that wouldn't work at all. Now let me get out the second half of my game, <laughs> which is just in the envelope. <laughs> number seven, teen crime reporters try to boost their social media stees by committing crimes themselves. False. That is a true movie, and it's called Tragedy Girls. Oh, Is it like from the Disney Channel? No. It oh. is no, not at all. Number eight. A husband, a wife, and her gay brother fight and or have sex with an alien tentacle monster. I hope that's fake. That is real. It is called The Untamed. It specifies gay brother? Yeah. Okay. Her brother's gay. Is that necessary for the plot? Probably. I don't know. I haven't seen it. Does he save the world with his gayness? Could be. Okay. I think it's a Mexican movie, actually. Well, that seems that sounds like us. <laughs> Number nine, a painter makes his best work while possessed by the demon that lives in his house. Yes. Yes, that one's true. It's called The Devil's Candy. It's, uh, yeah. Uh, and number 10, a team who uses math to predict the future experiments on a group of people locked in a mansion. Yes. Yeah, that one's also real. It's called Laplace's Demon. And those are all real things that came out this year, except for the ones I made up. But, like, you know. <laughs> um, so you got six out of ten. That's pretty good. That's about 50%. That's about 60%. I mean, but it's closer to 50 than it is to 100. Okay. I thought you were going to say it's closer to 50 than it was to 60. And I was like, no, it's exactly <laughs> 60. <laughs> no. Um, but, yeah, so that was our game and that was our ranking. And so that's our month. Um, that was pretty easy. Uh, do you have any last thoughts you want to say about uh, this month in general? Did you have a good time? Um, overall, I did 2017 was, I think, a decent year for horror. Not the best. Yeah. Not incredible, but fun. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for 2018. Yeah, me too. Oh, is there any specific movie you're looking forward to this year? Insidious 3. 4. But yes. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to acknowledge Insidious 3. <laughs> okay. I'm acknowledged for the, new, the real one. Okay. Uh, what Only else nothing but respect for my Insidious 3. Um, actually, as a California resident and as someone who's wanted to go to, I'm excited for the Winchester Murder House. Oh, yeah. that I'm excited that they got Helen Mirren to be in what looks like a very stupid horror movie. Yeah, the graphics don't exactly sell it as top-notch. Yeah. Also, it has the most ridiculous name. It's Winchester, the house that ghosts built. <laughs> Which, first of all, not accurate. Second of all, 
Just call it Winchester. Why did you add all of that nonsense? Well, the ghosts make people want to go see it. That's true, I guess. Um, I'm excited for A Quiet Place with Emily Blunt and uh, John Krasinski. Yeah, I want to see what that's about. Yeah, that could either be great or a disaster. But so far, Blumhouse has been doing pretty good past yeah. year. So hope Their they, gambles have been paying off. Yeah, so hope they knock out another one. And I'm just excited that those two who are a real-life married couple get to like work together. Like I'm sure that was fun for them. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm also excited for, well, tentatively excited for the new Halloween. I want to see how that goes. Okay. Also a Blumhouse production. Yeah. So they, they know what's up with me. Anyway, catch you on the flippity flop. Um, we will see you definitely next year. I don't know. I want to maybe have a New Year's episode, but I don't know if that's going to happen. So we shall see. But we will see you for sure in January. Should we tell them what month we're doing? I want I'm interested in finding out too. Okay. Um you know what? We won't. We'll tell you in the first episode of January. Well, that's just cruel. Anyway, you can find us on Twitter at Scream101Pod, on Facebook at Scream101Podcast. You can email us at Scream101Podcast at gmail.com. Subscribe and review us. Please give us five stars. And until next time, good luck on your journey. Stay gold, everybody. Thank you for listening. It's been a crazy year, and we appreciate that you were here for it. This episode was brought to you by Pod People Productions. To find more episodes of this show and others, please visit podpeople.me. It's podcasts for the weird at heart. Hello there. I'm Uncle Ponyboy. Do you like suspense? Don't go in there! Buckets of blood and human excrement? Poor upon me! Gratuitous nudity with more boobies than you can handle? Let me see them. And radical hairstyles? Oh, yeah! Then you should check out the Gore Gab Podcast. Hosted by yours truly and DJ Gill. Hello! You can find us on the iTunes Podcast Store and on Twitter at Gorgab Podcast. And while you're at it, go ahead and go check out cupholderradio.com. It's podcast for the weird at heart.